right, guys, another day, another dollar. It's time for some pre-cals. What's going on? Apart from the fact that I got a new uh, new microphone, right? <laughs> we almost can't see you. I know. We, we almost can't see you. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, hey, so today we're we're going to cover a really unique topic, and, and it's probably one of the, the areas of sleep health that, that really needs to be addressed, uh, you know, in, in a greater um, sense across the entire industry, and that, that's sleep and female. And, you know, so it's, it's women's health, women's sleep. And um, <clears throat> we have Dr. Valerie Pacho with us today. Um, and she practices in California and Hawaii and has uh, a program that's really designed to help women. And uh, I, I think it's going to be unique to hear her perspective and, and hear about the program and the holistic nature of her program and, and how she's, you know, really taking care of the, the, the whole person as it relates to their overall sleep health. No, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's a growing topic. I think the more we learn about phenotyping and it really pulls this, this out, the more we're seeing that so many women who have a valid sleep, you know, uh, sleep disordered breathing, a type of it that, you know, really need treatment. And we just need more voices like her. So I'm looking forward to hearing what she has to say today. Well, with that being said, Let's go on to the show. Now, a word from our sponsor, MedBridge Healthcare. MedBridge Healthcare is a leading provider of sleep lab management services and home sleep apnea testing. MedBridge partners with hospitals, healthcare systems, and medical academic institutions to offer comprehensive, fully integrated services for sleep disorders. Like Hold up, hold up. Folks, we've got some exciting news for you right now, right here on Sleep Tech Talk. Want to let you know that we are looking for 2023's Person of the Year. That's right, Sleep Tech Talk's 2023 Person of the Year. How are we going to do that? Well, listen up. Every Any guest that's been on the show so far and any guest that's going to be on our show for this year, 2023, are all nominees or all candidates for this recognition. And how you can help is by listening and or viewing that specific episode. We're going to be counting the number of plays for each episode, or we're going to be counting the number of listens for each episode and taking that into consideration. If you have anybody that you think should be a candidate, let us know. And we will see what we can do to get them on board as a nominee. At the same time, we need your help to make this happen, to select that person of the year. Along the way, we hope to introduce some other awards as well. But in the, in the meanwhile, do everybody a favor, do us a favor, and listen in to your favorite guest. So by early next year, 2024, we'll be announcing the winners. Now back to the Welcome show. Welcome everyone once again to another episode of Sleep Tech Talk, the sleep podcast with your hosts and friends, Emerson Kerr, Robert Miller, and Dr. Gerald George Moneycrow. Once again, another day, another fabulous show. 
Folks, we can't thank you enough. We've just been growing so much over and over, and uh, we're on year two, and we just cannot thank you enough for that. And we ask you to continue hitting the like button, continue sharing, giving your star ratings. Most importantly, share it with your friends, because without you, we can't grow. And just as we have been with the sleep uh, technology uh, family, keep us in your family by continuing to share with us, share us. With that, Robert, I'm tossing it over to you. What's going on today? That's easy for you to say, dear. By the way. <laughs> hey, yeah, I had my tongue tied, but hey, thanks for calling okay. me out on that. <laughs> All right. So today we have Dr. Valerie Tacho. She's an integrated sleep medicine physician, speaker, writer, and sleep wellness consultant. She is passionate about inspiring her patients to obtain optimal sleep health and wholeness through integrative and lifestyle medicine approaches. She's an expert in women's sleep health and founded Sleepphoria, an online resource that was founded on the belief that a well-rested woman has the energy, clarity, and drive to change the world and to put up with those guys. I, I just added that to your bio, by the way. Uh, she's also the founder of Sleep Life Med, a, a telepractice for residents of California and Hawaii. Dr. Valerie Tacho is the first sleep guide for Athleta Well, um, a women's wellness community by GAP. Her leadership roles include being the president of the Hawaii Sleep Society and the former medical director of sleep at Hawaii Pacific Health. Additionally, she's been rated as a top sleep doctor and exceptional women uh, in medicine in Hawaii for the past several years. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Robert and Emerson and Jerry. Happy to be here. Hey, not just welcome, we're saying mahalo. <laughs> mahalo and aloha. And aloha, that's right. All right, well. You know, I, I mentioned to you sort of before we started uh, the episode today that I'm extremely interested to hear what you're doing with, with women's health as it relates to sleep. And um, I know that um, in the past, I've, I've noticed that there is it's absolutely a void when it comes to, um, to females and sleep health. In particular, um, you know, there's the stop bang survey, which obviously is, is one way to identify, you know, patients who have sleep issues related to sleep apnea. But there's not a screening tool for women, uh, you know, so, you know, I feel like that there is this great need that's not getting addressed, and, uh, and I'm excited to hear what you're working on, how you got into this specific role related to women and sleep, um, so we're, we're glad to have you today, and, and we'd love to hear more about your, your story. Yeah, thanks so much, Robert, and I think just to answer your question, within medicine as a whole, there's a gender bias. Um, a lot of the studies are typically done in men versus women. And for sleep specifically, I was talking to another sleep doctor not too long ago, and she read somewhere that one of the main reasons why women were included in some of the sleep studies is because women are so complex, meaning, you know, maybe there are emotional reasons that can lead to insomnia, there are hormone reasons that can lead to it. So it can really make interpreting the data a little bit more tricky. Um, so I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Um, and I can see some of the reasons for that. But really how I got into, you know, looking at women's sleep health, particularly was when I was with Hawaii Pacific Health. And I would get a lot of referrals, you know, mainly for sleep apnea, because, you know, I was running the lab at that time. And sure, we would catch, you know, some women who did have difficulty sleeping because they would have obstructive sleep apnea, but not everybody, right? Meaning that, you know, insomnia is a big issue for women, especially as women go through perimenopause and, and menopause, you know, some of the data says 40 to 60% of women have difficulty sleeping at this time. And I started to scratch my head and I'm like, there's got to be more that we can do for these women besides just, you know, 
getting them sleep studies or giving them pills um, and telling them to get therapists potentially. So yeah, one of the big reasons maybe is from statistics and being a woman myself and hopefully around the corner, I'll be in that time period. It's almost like a, a nod to my future self, you know, how I can best um, serve women. Hey, Doc, you know, you said something really interesting right now about <laughs> the about the situation regarding giving them just sleep studies or pills. How often do you do you come across women uh, patients that have been misdiagnosed as depression or some other anxiety disorder as opposed to a true sleep disorder? Yeah, that's a great question, Jerry. Some of the research, it's older research, but 90 to even 99% of women um, are undiagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea. So that's number one. And the way it works, right, you know, sleep te tech talk, um, a lot of the insurance companies are paying more for home sleep apnea tests rather than in-lab tests. And what we know about women and how they sleep um, sorry, I'm a little bit biased. I like to tell my patients women are smarter because our brains are more active at night, meaning when their airway starts to partially collapse, their brain will wake them up before it completely collapses. So women can have more subtle symptoms for obstructive sleep apnea. Maybe they don't have those, you know, long breath holding episodes, the apneas, but they can be just as tired in the morning because their brain is constantly waking up. And that's something that we would miss from a home sleep apnea test. Um, so that's something I think that we're doing women disservice by just stopping at the home sleep apnea testing that they don't have obstructive sleep apnea. You know, doc, you're right, because, you know, they, as far as we, you know, the guests we've had on our show and, and our experiences as sleep techs in our past, women present with all these signs and symptoms. And then they're told, you know, they're a mom, they're, they're a wife, they're a homemaker, yeah. they're all these different things. And now mm -hmm. we're, we're getting into phenotypes. Yeah, and more about, you know, arousal threshold and loop yeah. gain and things like yeah. that, when ha knowing that that's really where the frontier is. I mean, can mm -hmm. you elaborate more on that for our listeners to help them understand that, you know, when they're looking at a patient and they're seeing UARS and, and they want to dismiss that patient as, you know, maybe not ready for therapy, mm -hmm. how do you tackle that knowing there's all this newer science around phenotypes? Oh, Everson, that's such a heated question. So how do I approach a woman who has difficulty sleeping when a yes, you know, maybe they're a mom, they have a lot on their plate, you know, as women get older, um, their parents are getting older. And you take a look at, you know, who typically takes care of their parents, it's the daughters. And so that could be playing a role on top of, you know, having a full time job. Um, and then, you know, going specifically to answer your question about the phenotype, right? You know, women can have more REM-related insomnia. So uh, I'm sorry, REM-related obstructive sleep apnea. So if we don't have that kind of data, but also if, um, you know, I see a lot of women who have insomnia and on top of that, obstructive sleep apnea. And my question always is, is, well, what's bothering you more? Do you have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep? If you have a hard time staying asleep, could that be from obstructive sleep apnea? Certainly we need to rule that out because I like to say all the meditation in the world doesn't do a lick to open up your airway if your tongue is falling back and closing off the airway. Um, so that's something that definitely needs to be addressed. But the way I practice is very holistically. I have a pretty extensive intake where I talk about all the different signs and symptoms of sleep apnea. Certainly restless leg um, can be more prevalent in women as well because, you know, we have monthly periods. We can have low levels of iron and ferritin, which can, can contribute to that. You know, restless leg is also uh, more prevalent in pregnant women. Um, and so, yeah, and then talking about the stress part as, of it as well. Um, and sometimes it's not so easy, you know, it's the chicken or the egg. And I'm always like, yes, it's both. And we need to talk about everything. 
Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, Robert mentioned the stop bang and, you know, questionnaires mm. like that and Epworth and others are great generalized questions. You know, I was talking yeah. with Rena Mara the other day at a conference and we were talking about, are there better ways to ask questions? Because mm. it goes back to that original one, are you tired? Well, yes, I'm yeah. tired. X, Y, Z is why. So when you're talking with a, a patient, a, a woman, or and, and this is for our listeners, maybe they can learn to ask better questions. Right. How do you draw that out? Because clearly mm. it's how you ask the question that gets them to begin to talk about how it's more of a sleep disorder rather than a socio um you know, uh, just life, <laughs> you know, how do you uh, help the patient distinguish between the two and how you ask questions? That's a really good question. I mean, you know, well, my basic intake moves beyond the stopping. So, you know, snoring, gasping, choking, but also dry mouth in the morning, morning headaches, any moodiness, any irritability, because, you know, that's something that we do see in women, you know, maybe they don't have the huge gasping, choking spells, but waking up with a morning headache, you know, more irritable than they used to be. And then I definitely ask about, you know, perimenopausal symptoms. Are you still having your period or are they irregular? Um, do you have hot flashes, right? And that's something even separate from obstructive sleep apnea that can really disrupt their sleep. So part of my questionnaire is, you know, what are your top three concerns? And so going from their top three concerns and then sort of reverse engineering it. Well, could this be obstructive sleep apnea? Could this be, you know, psychosocial concerns? Um, could it be family dynamics? Could it be hormonal? Um, and so I dissect it. And a lot of what I do is just education. You know, if you're between, you know, these ages, it's common um, to have symptoms, you know, for perimenopause, the average age is 47, but you can have symptoms, you know, 10 plus years on either side and not even know it and still have your period. And the thing about um, menopause and also sleep medicine in medical school, you know, the time spent for education is maybe one to two hours for sleep, one to two hours on, on a menopause. So I always encourage folks who come and see me or when I, you know, providing education like this online, it's that, you know, give yourself some grace. You know, we you don't necessarily have all the answers. And if you're a physician, if you're you know, a nurse practitioner, PA doesn't really know what they're talking about, like don't give up because they may just not be educated. They don't know what they don't know. Um, and one of the things too, I think you mentioned that, you know, women are tired. If you talk to your friends, if you're going through a similar case, like we're all tired. And sometimes we just think it's normal because it's so common, but it doesn't mean that there couldn't be an underlying condition like obstructive sleep apnea because the rates double to triple between premenopause and postmenopause. So I'm definitely a big advocate of get a sleep study. If the home sleep apnea test is negative, go for the lab test because in the conversation from there on after is going to be quite different um, if it's more of a hormone replacement therapy or talking about supplements if you're not a candidate or talking about meditation or breathing practice or just journaling. Yeah. Doc, that's really interesting. But if you could talk a little bit more about what you just said sure. about the fact that, hey, this seems to be very common with everybody. We're all tired, so there's nothing wrong with that. How do you elicit that or get that conversation started among others in order to come in and, and look for a remedy to your sleep disorder? Yeah, that's a great question, Jerry. And I think because I am a sleep doctor, I get referrals from primary care physicians mainly or people who find me online after listening to me on the podcast. And they may not necessarily know they have an underlying sleep condition, but they're tired or they have poor energy and their primary care doctor ruled out the basic things like their thyroid or their diabetes 
or blood pressure or vitamin deficiencies. So sleep is next on, on the list of a rule out. Um, so I think that's probably why I think my position <laughs> as a physician, a sleep physician um, brings people in to think about the sleep conditions. But it's so interesting because there are a lot of folks who don't even know what we do, like don't realize that sleep medicine is a field that, you know, there are in-lab sleep studies that look at so many different health parameters um, in the lab. And so it, it can be challenging, I think, maybe for the general population who doesn't really know too much about sleep. And, and if you go to a doctor who never learned about sleep apnea, I think a lot of the referrals I get are probably from physicians who have it themselves. And so they see the benefit. Um, and then there's also physicians or people who are out there who are saying, you know, if you have mild sleep apnea, which a lot of women do, like you don't need to treat it. And that's doing a lot of the women disservice because you can feel so much better. Yeah, I mean, even then, it's it's you're right. It's not just even feeling better. It's it's we already know from the sleep part health study and other things that that small AHI leads to hypertension and the other things like that. So, what are some of when you when you're discussing options with you know particularly women and knowing that oftentimes you're not going to qualify for CPAP based on payer guidelines. What are the options that you take them through to help them, you know, find the solution they came to you for? Yeah, I'm really big on physicianal therapy, honestly. Um, I think that's an under-recognized cause or even treatment. So can you sleep on your side? Can you get an adjustable bed? Can you sleep with a wedge pillow? Um, that can be super beneficial. Um, oral appliances made by dentists or even the ones that you purchase online. I always caution about folks if they buy an oral appliance online because I've seen people whose mouths now have an open bite because their jaws just, you know, moved forward. So oral appliance moves the lower jaw forward and moves the tongue out of the way that helps you breathe better. Um, you know, depending on their, you know, clinical profile, they may be able to get, you know, a CPAP if they're, you know, have high blood pressure. Um, some people actually honestly want to buy it out of pocket or they use their partner's CPAP and they feel so much better. <laughs> and so um, it's, it's really interesting how, um, you know, I think some of the guidelines would always follow how the patient pre presents and how they can benefit from therapy. And then weight loss. Um, weight loss can be really beneficial, which can be harder as you are going through midlife and you have, you know, poor sleep, lower energy levels, lower growth hormone. Um, but those are some of the basics. Yeah, I would say as much as possible position. And then if they are a candidate for CPAP. And I think one of the problems that I do see in women is that, you know, they don't want to admit that they snore because snoring is still seen as like a man's condition or, you know, that's not me. That's like, you know, my husband, my boyfriend, um, my uncle, my dad, they snored, but I don't snore. And another thing to think about is, well, I don't want to use that mask. I don't want to have to sleep with that big. And, you know, they put their hand up like this, like it, the only mask that's available is the full face mask that covers your nose and your mouth. And I'm like, no, hey, there's other options. Yes, maybe, you know, you wouldn't benefit from a CPAP, but it's not the only option for you. And so if you are interested in improving your overall health, then, you know, let's, let's just dive a little bit deeper. Let's pull back the layers of the onion, because when you're tired, honestly, everything is worse. Your mood, your relationships, your ability to focus at work, your performance, so I'm sure all the folks here know how important sleep is and prioritize it. Are you a sleep tech looking for new opportunities? Well, MedBridge Healthcare is one of the largest employers of sleep technologists, and they are growing. If you are a sleep technologist interested in a new position, potential paid relocation, or looking for a career advancement, 
consider a career with MedBridge Healthcare. Now back to the show. I am uh, extremely um, just impressed with the, the true holistic nature of your sleep practice. And, and I have to assume that you've got some adjacent um, services for, you know, maybe a, a dentist for the oral appliances, um, maybe some psychiatry, maybe you, you practice some, some psychiatry as well as part of, uh, as part of your program. Um, you know, but my goodness, it, it is a very complex patient when there's hormonal issues, there's actual physical um, attributes that are part of the, the sleep issue. And then even, you know, just lifestyle things uh, like, you know, being a, a new parent, or maybe it's even that it's a female who's pregnant um, mm -hmm. and has developed some sleep apnea due to weight gain. And, and then all the hormones that are, you know, that are, uh, you know, in play for, you know, for that female who's pregnant. So, what, what a complicated um, patient, but, you know, you seem to have, uh, have found the, the right solution to uh, helping these, these ladies. Are you, do you happen to be licensed in all 50 states? Because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of. <laughs> well, Robert, thank you so much. No, I, I, do, I do agree. I think I have found a voice and basically something that works. And honestly, a lot of it is just holding time and space for someone to talk about what's bothering them. Um, I wish I could expand to all 50 states, but, you know, licensing, and I think actually more than licensing is malpractice. Malpractice insurance is pretty expensive in all the different states, so that's limited. But, you know, that's sort of why I created Sleepphoria. It's my online educational company where for folks who aren't able to see me as a, you know, one-on-one -on -one patient in Hawaii or, or um, California, they can, you know, basically listen to the same thing, listen to my spiels, listen to the education, you know, online for free. So on my YouTube channel, where I talk a lot about these um, topics for women. Fantastic. Well, I, I know that we're probably getting close to time. Jerry, how are we doing on time today? I, 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 it feels like we're getting, he's going to interrupt us any minute. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you want to add before he cuts us off? Something that's really important for our listening audience as it relates to women and, and, uh, and especially women's health and women's sleep? Yeah, thanks, Robert. You know, one of my biggest things is, if you've tried a lot of the things that you've read about or, you know, followed on social media and you're still struggling with sleep, like, please don't give up, you know, go talk to your healthcare professional, find someone who's reputable. You can find a board certified sleep physician. If you think you have, you know, a medical sleep issue, if you think it's more psychological, there are, um, there's the American Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine where there's psychologists that certainly can help. And, almost like, I feel like there's a lot of shaming online. So if you've done a lot of the things on your own and you're not getting better, reach out. There's a lot of people who are out there that do want to help. So you are not alone. Thank you, Doc. We are out of time, but I do have a question, which I think is really important that we have to do. So I'm going to go ahead and being the sure. timekeeper, I'll go ahead and extend it. Um, what can a sleep technologist do when they're working with a patient to identify and also maybe help or guide that female patient, that woman, any words to the sleep technologists out there? I think it would be well worth it to hear, hear that from yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. That's a great question. And I would say, I think in general, meet the person where they're at. Um, meaning, you know, try not to pass judgments if they don't look like your typical sleep apnea patient, meaning maybe they're not obese or, you know, maybe they don't have an underlying, you know, cardiac issue. Um, because certainly that 
they could still present with obstructive sleep apnea and it just may not look the same as your typical patient. So I would say keep an open mind and really listen to the patient um, because I think there's a lot of truth with that wisdom that, you know, people do know their bodies. And yeah, I think just women need a little bit more support perhaps than some men, especially because there's bias in it. And so they're probably already nervous to be there in the lab. So, you know, lend in listening ear as much as you can if it's possible. But, you know, thank you so much for doing what you're doing and helping improve the health of women. Thank you, Doc. And we thank you for what you're doing and helping the, uh, helping improve the health of women as well. Where can people find more information about you? You already mentioned your website, but if you don't mind mentioning it again. Yeah. So for folks in Hawaii or California, my website is sleeplifemed.com. That's where you can um, book a consultation to see me one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and then if you are not located in those states and can't go to those states, <laughs> um, you can check me out online, sleepforia.com, where I have some blogs, and then on YouTube, sleepforia.com, some free video resources. Thank you so much. I will be sure to add that into the into the show notes. All right. I'm I'm a little off today, but I apologize about that. But uh, just want to say thank you once again. Mahalo. And we appreciate you being here. And we want to thank everybody out there once again for joining us, all our audience, all the listeners, all the viewers. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, until the next episode, we say lights on. All right. What a show, man. Uh, let's uh, let's unpack that. It's time for some post cows. You know, Dr. Valerie Katra did not disappoint. You know, we we honestly didn't know a lot about her before the show started. And right. we learned a ton in a very short amount of time. And, you know, just the 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 place that she's really camped out in with women in sleep is exactly what we imagined it would be. Uh, it's a tough situation. You know, I think a statistic that stood out is for years, we've talked about, you know, 90% are undiagnosed and untreated. That number is actually improving overall, apparently with men, but she's saying that women continue to be that that high, you know, percentage of 90% of undiagnosed and untreated. So still a lot of women out there that need to be just found out, you know, and, and as she discussed, currently being dismissed as tired, moms, busy, all of those things. And it's it's exciting to hear that she's drilling down into this space and and doing more for women that just get, you know, looked right past with their physician. You know, it's it's interesting uh, that you brought that up, that specific piece about how so common it is to hear that over and over again, that it's tired, mom, you're busy, you just need, once this gets over, it'll be fine. And uh, it reminds me of one of our past guests, Emma, Emma Cooksey, you know, she, she said, this is, you know, every stage of her life, they said it was something else. Oh, because you're a college student and you're out partying or you're a new mom, or now you're a mom that's very busy. I mean, it just threw off one thing or the other until she finally found it. And uh, Dr. Cacho to be able to guide, guide women into that direction to say that, wait a second, there may be something else going on here. Let's talk about that. I thought that's really phenomenal. You know, the, the thing that I really was impressed by is her approach to this sort of tapered um, sleep medicine, meaning, you know, maybe CPAP is what you need, but what you can tolerate right now is, is positional therapy or 
um, you know, an oral appliance therapy, because I need to also at the same time deal with some of the hormonal things that are going on in your um, in your system, you know, and, and with you to, that's creating some of this daytime sleepiness or uh, fatigue issues that you seem to be having. So, you know, what, what a, a really stylized form of medicine to be able to, uh, you know, nuance that with a patient to the point that you can at some point, maybe you do get them to CPAP and that's what they really need, but, but it's something that you get complete buy-in by the patient because, you know, they've chosen the things and, and are really participating and adherence to the things that, that she's, uh, you know, she's trying to accomplish. So I, I love the, that sort of, uh, I know the word is holistic and, uh, and that, that's certainly what her clinic is, but I love that whole health approach to sleep medicine. Well, honestly, that's what medicine should be in general, right? And a holistic approach. I mean, we've tend to have made this into a very compartmentalized style of taking care of a patient, but from a from a public health standpoint, we ought to be approaching it from a holistic standpoint, right? From a holistic approach and sleep medicine. When you look at it, that's what it's supposed to be. You sleep well in order to have a good wake life. So well, I agree you know, with you there. It's interesting to that, you know, we were, we had the CCSH conference this past week in Chicago. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about in there and it, I brought it up because it was one of the very few things I remember from respiratory school is treat the patient, not the numbers. We right. get so fixated on oh. the number that we forget to treat the symptoms. We forget the patient. And, you know, when all of us were back doing ASV a lifetime ago, um, you know, what did, how did, how did we look at the ASV patient? We didn't really look at the numbers. We asked the patient how they felt. Right. Here you have the most complex, you know, non-invasive ventilation that is, that we're not even looking at the numbers with yet on basic stuff, we obsess about numbers and not the patient It's so backwards. And I think that that's key to this is. You know, whether it's a man or woman, you know, when you look at, at the, the original research from Gimeno, it was guys, you know, like us, older men. Well, how about younger men, women, women of color, men of color? All of these people get missed now because they don't meet criteria of the original set, data set. And, and it's just exciting to see that change. And particularly with women that have been dismissed as hormonal <laughs> tired, busy, everything else. And, uh, you know, it's exciting to see that. Well, not, not to mention the fact that they have to deal with us guys. That's the other, that, that's part of the, other I'm an angel. Uh, I don't know about y'all. I'm an angel. Uh, Robert, you had to go there, but <laughs> yeah. Yes, we hey, are. The things that were, that were treatments and I'm like sleeping in another room is what I was thinking. So there was, <laughs> But I didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. Well, I have a good friend that actually, that's what he does. So with his with his uh, wife, they actually sleep in separate rooms because, yeah. because of his situation. But that's one thing. Fortunately, he doesn't know anybody who works in sleep, huh? <laughs> Believe it or not, he's a sleep technologist. So that's, uh, yes, exactly. We're the worst ones, aren't we? We're the worst ones. Uh, all right, guys, let's, I think it's time to call it and, um, thank you guys for joining and folks out there. Thank you all. And until next time, cheers. Hold up, hold up. 
Folks, we've got some exciting news for you right now, right here on Sleep Tech Talk. Wanted to let you know that we are looking for 2023's Person of the Year. That's right, Sleep Tech Talk's 2023 Person of the Year. How are we going to do that? Well, listen up. Every Any guest that's been on the show so far, and any guest that's going to be on our show for this year, 2023, are all nominees or all candidates for this recognition. And how you can help is by listening and or viewing that specific episode. We're going to be counting the number of plays for each episode. We're going to be counting the number of listens for each episode and taking that into consideration. If you have anybody that you think should be a candidate, let us know. And we will see what we can do to get them on board as a nominee. At the same time, we need your help to make this happen, to select that person of the year. Along the way, we hope to introduce some other awards as well. But in the, in the meanwhile, do everybody a favor, do us a favor, and listen in to your favorite guest. So by early next year, 2024, we'll be announcing the winners. Now back Before to the show. Before we go, we would like to thank our sponsor, MedBridge Healthcare. MedBridge Healthcare is developing innovative inpatient, post-discharge, and population health programs to screen comorbid conditions, diagnose, and treat sleep disorders. Learn more about their innovative solutions and career opportunities at medbridgehealthcare.com. Once again, you can learn more about their innovative solutions and career opportunities at medbridgehealthcare.com. Sleep Tech Talk is sponsored by React Health. By manufacturing our comprehensive range of products spanning from sleep to ventilation and oxygen solutions, we have curated our portfolio to offer unwavering support to physicians and DMEs across the continuum of patient care. Within our LunaPAP device line, each offering is FDA-approved, encompassing CPAP, APAP, Bilevel, and Bilevel ST models. Our thoughtfully selected array of PAP interfaces and accessories complement our LunaPAP device line while accommodating diverse patient requirements.